I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. Happy New Year! This is the start of 2022, and it really marks a new change for me. After teaching piano lessons for 30 years, I've just wrapped up my teaching in December. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I took a new job with Schmidt Music back in September. I hadn't anticipated a job change, but decided to take this opportunity, and Schmidt Music was so gracious in allowing me to continue to also teach for the fall semester in order to give my students time to find another teacher since this job came up so close to the start of the school year and I already had my students all queued up ready to go for fall. So it has been an incredibly busy fall with working two jobs. Thanks for sticking with me as I took my podcast production down to just two episodes per month during that time. And now, while I still haven't quite wrapped my mind around the fact that I'm not teaching anymore, and I will miss seeing my students every week, I am really enjoying my new job with Schmidt Music. I'm their institutional account manager, repping Steinway pianos to universities and colleges in our region. And I'm just loving getting to meet other amazing people in the world of music and music education. And now that I'm not teaching any longer, I'm really excited to to be diving back into more frequent podcast episodes again. I have missed this and look forward to discovering and introducing you to more of the incredible ways that music enhances our everyday lives in a holistic way, whether we consider ourselves musicians or not. If you have a topic or a guest to recommend, let me know. I'm currently lining up guests and would love to hear your suggestions and what topics are of most interest to you. Well, certainly one way that many of us enhance lives with music is learning a musical instrument. Piano lessons are sort of a rite of passage of childhood for many of us. I grew up taking piano lessons. My parents had a rule that I think is brilliant. Each of their four kids was required to take one year of piano lessons. After one year, we could choose if we wanted to continue with piano lessons or not. My older brother and I started lessons at the same time. I was in first grade. He was in fourth grade. And actually, our mom started taking lessons with us as well. And I have wonderful memories of listening to her practice right after we went to bed. It was a delightful sound to go to sleep to. Um, my my brother took the one year of piano lessons, and then he switched to a band instrument. I continued with lessons, and eventually my younger brother and sister also took piano lessons. Neither of them stuck with lessons long term, but they both have a highly developed appreciation for music and are certainly very musically literate. Today, I'm going to be addressing the common question, what is the best way to find a piano teacher? Fall and the start of the school year is probably the most common time to begin music lessons, but January is also a common time to start lessons. And also summertime when school ends can be a great time to get started on lessons or just try out lessons on an instrument. 
First of all, before we jump into the topic today, I'm going to specify what I'll be considering piano lessons. I'll be talking about traditional private piano lessons. This is the most common form of piano lessons. It's what I've taught most, and it's most commonly what people are referring to when they ask the question. Traditional piano lessons are one-on-one with the instructor and student in person with the student learning to read and play music. So what we're not talking about are group lessons or specialized methods like Suzuki method. I'll also be talking about your average neurotypical kids. I'm not talking about child prodigies or kids with special needs. We are talking specifically about piano lessons because that is my area of expertise. But for the most part, this information will translate to other instruments as well. I'm going to be addressing parents who are looking for a teacher for their child just because that is the most common scenario. If this doesn't perfectly describe your situation, maybe you're an adult student looking for your own teacher, that's fine. Just adapt the information to your situation. One thing I have discovered in 30 years of teaching piano lessons is that parents have a wide variety of expectations for the piano lesson experience for their child. I do think this variety has increased over the decades that I've been teaching, but I also think that the variety in parenting styles has increased. When I was a kid in the 70s and 80s, it seemed like parenting was pretty homogenous. My friend's parents were highly likely to have similar rules and expectations as my parents. They were pretty likely to just jump in with some parenting (laughs) advice or correction of whatever kids were in their home, uh, whether it was their own child or not. We probably ate similar foods in our houses. When I was raising my kids, who are now 16 and 19, there was already a lot more variation in expectations of behavior, chores and responsibilities, what kids eat or don't eat, and also household budgets. It was much more common then and now than in the 70s to have dual income households. So I have found that the most important question to ask yourself when you start your search for a piano teacher, and this is also a great question for teachers to ask prospective students and their parents, is what level of challenge and corresponding level of results are you looking for in this piano lesson experience? At one end of the spectrum, there are parents who say, I just want my child to have fun with piano lessons. At the other end of the spectrum are parents who are looking for a comprehensive musical education that involves playing for events, which may include recitals or exams or contests. They want a firm musical foundation for their kids that includes musical theory and technique, not just playing merely we roll along. (laughs) At the fun end of the spectrum, I'm going to refer to this spectrum as the fun to challenge spectrum. And at the fun end of the spectrum, those parents who just want their kids to have fun, I found a lot of these parents may have had a bad experience with being nagged to practice as a kid or watch this happen maybe with a sibling. And it may have been a real source of friction between the parent and child, and they don't want to repeat that. 
but they also wish they could play the piano and they want that for their child. They recognize the value and the gift of making music and playing an instrument and having that outlet for expression. Now, inevitably, there will come a time when their child does not want to practice piano. This is just the nature of being a child and being human and resisting things that are hard and frustrating. When this happens, these parents are probably not going to monitor and enforce practice time that their child doesn't want to do unless there's some education that takes place between the teacher and the parent about positive ways to motivate the child. And I do have several episodes relating to this topic, which I'll mention later. But it's very helpful to recognize if this is where you are as a parent or if this is where the parent of your student is. These Parents who just want their kids to have fun do tend to, in my experience, be pretty realistic about the fact that they aren't going to see a lot of results if practice time doesn't happen the way it should. These parents tend to get that results will be slow and inconsistent, and they tend to be okay with that. I'll be honest, this was not my parenting style, and it's not the teaching that I most thrive in. But there are a lot of parents in this place, and I'm thrilled that they are pursuing piano lessons for their kids, and I do see the value in these lessons. I just think it's very helpful for the parents and the teacher to recognize and accept this is where we are right now. At the challenge end of the spectrum, so we're talking about the complete opposite end of the spectrum, parents at this challenge end of the spectrum often have musical background themselves of some sort. These parents expect to get their money's worth out of piano lessons and and see results. They want a well-rounded, comprehensive musical foundation for their kids that includes not just learning to read music, but also learning music theory, technique, and performance skills and experience ranging from recitals and worship or community service experience to judge exams and contests. These parents tend to recognize the universal life lessons that are learned through music lessons. They have high expectations of the piano teacher, They expect professionalism, a certain level of education and experience and efficiency with results. When a child inevitably doesn't want to practice, these parents aren't usually shocked. They tend to be accustomed to enforcing expectations and their kids tend to be used to doing things that they don't feel like doing at the moment, whether it's homework or household chores and also reaping the benefits, whether that's good grades or smooth relationships with the adults in their lives, teachers, parents, etc. The middle ground, for sure, there is everything in between these two ends of the spectrum. And sometimes things change. Sometimes kids and parents may have been closer to that challenge end of the spectrum, but once a child gets to be in high school, They have sports and honors classes and jobs that really force them to choose how rigorous they can be with their various commitments. And I totally get it when these students who 
aren't planning a career in music need to scale back the expectations of lessons and practice time so that they can still keep up with these music lessons that they enjoy and also prioritize maybe the sport that they plan to continue in college or the job that they have to earn money for college. I'm always thrilled when these students keep up with piano lessons and reap the benefits of music training, even if the student and the parent and I all know that they have less time to devote to practice and they may have to scale back to a 30-minute weekly lesson instead of a longer lesson and the results will be slower. That's okay. We're all on the same page and understand that. So once you evaluate that question and that scale of challenge, where where you feel you are with the the level of challenge or just plain fun that you're looking for in that corresponding level of results that you can expect to see. Once you figure that out, what is the best way to find a piano teacher who will be an appropriate fit for your child and your situation? First of all, word of mouth. I do find that word of mouth is the most common way to find a teacher and tends to bring the best results meaning a good fit for the teacher and the student and family. If you have a friend whose child is in lessons, you probably have a good sense of where your friends are on that scale of fun to challenge. And you probably also have a sense of what results they're getting and how good of a fit they feel their piano teacher is for their family. If this isn't something that comes up in conversation, start asking questions. If your kids are in soccer, start asking other parents if their kids are in piano lessons and find out more about their experience. You can ask neighbors, other parents whose kids are in school or church with your kids. Uh, Ask your child's music teacher at school for recommendations of a piano teacher. Ask your church worship leaders for recommendations. You can post on social media to get feedback from your friends and community. I've seen these types of posts regularly on Facebook, within Facebook parent or mom groups, on Nextdoor, which is a neighborhood-based social media platform. These are all great ways of getting referrals through word of mouth. As you're receiving and evaluating these referrals that come in, again, just keep that scale of fun to challenge in mind. Someone else at your school may love their piano teacher, but if you're at significantly different places on that scale, then you'll just want to keep that in mind and chat with the teacher first to find out if your expectations and their expectations are compatible. A second great option for finding a wonderful piano teacher is going to Music Teachers National Association, MTNA, website. This is a U.S. association. If you're outside of the U.S., you may have an equivalent association in your country or area. MTNA has a Find a Teacher link where you can find member teachers in your geographic area. You can also go directly to your state's affiliate. 
So for example, in Minnesota, it's MMTA, Minnesota Music Teachers Association. And most, if not all of the state associations will also have a find a teacher link on their websites. Teachers who are members of MTNA and the state affiliates are highly qualified and very likely very active in continuing education and professional development. And through their memberships, their professional memberships, they're able to offer a wide range of opportunities to your child in terms of performance opportunities and exam programs. This is a quick break to tell you about the digital sheet music site I've used for probably a decade. Sheet Music Direct is powered by music publisher Hal Leonard. They have more than a million sheet music arrangements that you can view and listen to right from your device for convenient online shopping and immediate downloads of educational, classical, and pop scores representing any genre and holiday. Prices start at 99 cents. You can both print your purchases instantly and access them on any device, which really comes in handy for our family when we're out of state visiting grandma and grandpa and they want to hear my kids play the piano. Sheet Music Direct has saved me countless hours of driving to music stores and sifting through bins of sheet music and books to find the right song for myself or a student and hoping the perfect song isn't out of stock. Access the latest hits and yesterday's classics at sheetmusicdirect.com. A third option for finding a great piano teacher is to check out the music schools in your area. One of the local music schools here in the Twin Cities is McPhail Center for Music. I featured them in at least one episode. They have a stellar reputation and have highly qualified teachers who offer lots of opportunities for students in multiple locations and campuses. Some of these music schools, McPhail being one of them, have extensive online teaching programs. McPhail's online teaching program existed prior to COVID, and ironically, the interview that I did with them focused on their online offerings and just happened to release days before the U.S. shut down in March of 2020 for COVID. And in the interview, we were talking about these air quote lockdowns. It was kind of a novelty at the time that we were hearing about in other countries, and I was saying in the interview with McPhail, wow, you know, students could be in South Korea on lockdown and still be having their weekly piano lesson if they were doing online lessons. And it just really was ironic timing that within days of the release of that episode, we in the U.S. were all on lockdown and experiencing that firsthand. And now in the almost two years since then, many more music schools and individual music teachers have expanded their offerings to online lessons. So there is a lot to offer here. And even if you don't have a reputable music school in your area, you can still take advantage of one in another part of the country or even another part of the world as long as they offer online lessons. A fourth option is to check with music stores in your area. 
As I mentioned, I work for Schmidt Music, and our stores contract with teachers to offer piano lessons and other instrument lessons right in our stores. We have stores in several states. I'll include a link in the show notes. If we're not in your area, check out the music stores that are in your area and see what kind of piano lessons they may offer. A fifth option, and this can be a particularly attractive option for those who have a small budget, find a high school or college student to teach your child. This is how I first started teaching piano lessons. I was in 10th grade in high school, and a family friend was on the phone with my mom one day. I happened to be practicing the piano, and the friend remarked to my mom, wow, Mindy is really good on the piano. Has she ever considered teaching? I have a neighbor with young kids and they're looking for a piano teacher. Now I had considered the idea of teaching. I thought it sounded like a great idea and fun, but I had no idea where to start until this conversation happened. And God bless Darlene Kroll, (laughs) this family friend who then referred her neighbors to me. I started teaching them. The rest is history. I've been teaching for the last 30 years. Uh, My daughter also started teaching piano lessons when she was in high school. She's in college now. But at the time, she had been taking piano lessons since kindergarten. She was a natural-born teacher who loved working with kids. She was a contest-winning pianist with lots of experience playing in a variety of settings I had a few students at the time who were very far on that fun end of the spectrum. And as I said, I definitely see the value in these lessons, but they're not where I thrive as a teacher. And I felt that Adrian, my daughter, would be a perfect fit for these students. She was more than qualified to teach the level that these students were at. And it was an excellent learning opportunity for her and really helped solidify the concepts she had previously learned and now had to teach to someone else. And these young students just loved having a weekly lesson with a cool high school kid. Much cooler than taking lessons with a mom like me. (laughs) Now, I will say that there is always value in hiring an experienced, highly qualified piano teacher. Even if you are low on the expectations scale and just want your kid to have fun, Paying for a great teacher will probably be getting you a teacher who is good at cultivating intrinsic motivation in your child so that they will want to practice and will learn to recognize and appreciation the frustration tolerance they're developing through practice time and how those skills and other skills transfer to other areas of their of their life. So for example, those performance skills developed for the recital will transfer to athletic performances or presenting a report in front of their class or talking to that cute kid on the bus or acing their first job interview. You really do get what you pay for in a lot of areas of life. So if you can afford a great teacher and you can find one who is a great fit, hire them and count your blessings. At the same time, I recognize that not everyone is in a position to do this. So if that describes your situation, check around to see if there are any highly skilled high school or college pianists in the area who want to teach. 
You can check with piano faculty at colleges in your area. Teachers love to have their students teach because their students are forced to understand the material even better in order to articulate and teach it to someone else. Once you're narrowing down your options of a teacher, I do think it's a great idea to meet with a prospective piano teacher before you make a final decision. Just meeting in person with a teacher and interacting with them and seeing how they interact with your child will tell you a lot and give you a good sense of what kind of a fit this may be. If your child already has had some lessons in the past, they can bring their most recent music along and play something for the teacher. And again, just listening to the feedback that the teacher gives and how it's delivered and how it's received by your child will tell you quite a bit. Some questions that you may want to ask a prospective music teacher during this meeting. Number one, what are the teacher's requirements for students for practice time and performances? If the teacher requires all of their students to participate in a judged event with memorized music, it's best to know that now to avoid any surprises and meltdowns down the road. Number two, what are the teacher's goals for their students? When I was teaching, my goal was fairly broad. I just really wanted to instill and pass along to my students a love for music and a love and appreciation for music. If students got to the point where lessons were, for whatever reason, becoming a bad experience, I would rather have that student quit lessons or just take a break for a while rather than have music become a bad experience and have that put a bad taste in their mouth. Another of my goals was really to help the parents and students accomplish whatever their goals were. I, I really was happy to work with a pretty wide variety of students and parents on that spectrum that I'm describing. A third question to discuss with a prospective teacher would be, I guess not so much a question, but if you or your child have specific goals for lessons, be sure to let the potential teacher know about that and talk with the teacher about that. So for example, if you really want your child to compete or compose their own music or they really love singing and want to learn to accompany themselves singing or learn chords to play with a band, whatever specific goals they may have or you may have, be sure to talk with those about a with a potential teacher. And a final question to ask would be, what kind of music do you have your students play? Some teachers really do have their students play classical music only. If your child really wants to play sacred music or pop music, that's something that would be important to talk about prior to making a decision to start lessons with a teacher. And a lot of times teachers are pretty flexible with these kinds of things, but uh, you just definitely want to get that out on the table, get your cards out there on the table earlier versus later once a decision has already made and you're kind of committed to lessons with a teacher and the stakes are a little bit higher at that point with making a switch. And that is my overview of how to find a great piano teacher. Certainly there are other factors that 
come into play, such as geographic location, how far you're willing to drive. My parents drove me 30 minutes one way to my piano teacher's house every week. (laughs) They saw the value in having a good teacher who was a good fit. I also had a stay-at-home mom. So again, lots of factors come into play in this decision. But I think that if you find a teacher who's a good fit on that fun-to-challenge scale, these other factors have a way of working themselves out. As I mentioned earlier, there are lots of other related episodes in this podcast that you may want to check out. Some of the most relevant are uh, episode 113, What is the Best Age to Begin Piano Lessons? Episode 6, How to Get Your Child to Practice Without Resorting to Violence. (laughs) This is the name of a book. It's a book title, and and the author is interviewed in this episode. Uh, Another episode, How to Talk When Kids Don't Want to Practice, with authors Joanna Faber and Julie King. My Child is Taking Music Lessons, What's My Role? Another episode is with another author, Charlene Habermeyer, on the topic of her book, Good Music, Brighter Children, Simple and Practical Ideas to Help Transform Your Child's Life Through the Power of Music. And two others I'll mention, How Does Music Learning Impact Other Learning? With Dr. Anita Collins, if your child has any form of dyslexia or learning challenges, this is a wonderful interview talking about how Music learning really transcends musical instruments and transfers to other subject areas as well. And finally, how does music training affect children's social-emotional learning with researcher Dr. Asal Habibi? There are also many episodes related to specific situations which we weren't addressing today. Lessons for kids with autism, special needs, speech or learning delays and disorders, kids who are hospitalized with illnesses. I'll include links in the show notes to these specific episodes. I hope this episode answers some questions you may have about how to find a great piano teacher who will be most appropriate for your child and family situation. If you know of someone who may benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Just hit the share option in your podcast app. If you don't see it right away, tap the three dots icon and that will probably make it appear. I want to give a shout out to former guest Charlene Habermeyer. I just mentioned her episode in her book. It was way back in episode 31, but Charlene was one of those guests who I really connected with. And we have stayed in touch. At the time of our interview, Charlene was living in Chicago. Since then, she moved to Salt Lake City to be near grandkids. I was in Salt Lake City, Park City, Utah, in December and was able to meet Charlene in person, finally, for the first time. And it was so delightful to have lunch with her. She is even more delightful in person, and it was a highlight of my trip. I highly recommend her episode in her book, Good Music, Brighter Children, Simple and Practical Ideas to Help Transform Your Child's Life Through the Power of Music. As always, all links from today's show and a transcript of this episode can be found in the show notes at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 119. While you're on my website, I would love to hear from you. 
Tell me how you found your music teacher. Or if you have a suggestion to add to my list, you can reach me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. All links are on that webpage, as well as in the episode details right in your podcast app. Thanks so much for joining me today. Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.